Welcome to the Dear NICU Mama podcast. Our mission is to connect the past and the present NICU mom by bringing them out of isolation and into a sisterhood of women who can stand alongside each other as we heal and grow both in and out of the NICU. Our hope is that through interviews with trauma-informed medical and maternal mental health experts and vulnerable stories from NICU mamas themselves, that you would feel connected to the Dear NICU Mama Sisterhood around the world. So, whether your NICU journey was 50 years ago, or whether you find yourself in the NICU today, we hope that this podcast reminds you that you are not alone. Hi, mamas. Welcome back to the Dear NICU Mama podcast. It's your host, Martha, and... No, Ashley. Just kidding. Ashley is not here. Uh, I'm sad, and I'm also very happy about it. Sad because I'm devastated. Every living waking moment, I am not with Ashley, and we're not drinking coffee. But I'm also very happy because boundaries and also time away is very healthy. We are practicing what we preach this week. It's kind of been an insane month for all of us with the illness that is coming in and out of our world constantly, our immunocompromised kiddos, alongside current events and everything. Life is just cuckoo, and we need to be able to take time to heal and protect our hearts, minds, and bodies. That's what we're doing. So actually, in the same vein, we are doing a replay episode from season three featuring Anise Barnett. And Anise is talking all about how we can find safety in our bodies, how we can find groundedness in our bodies. It's really important for times like this where it's easy to get dysregulated. Uh, We hope that you love this episode. We hope you find encouragement in this episode. As always, mamas, you are never alone and you can do this. Hi, mamas. Welcome back to the Dear NICU Mama podcast. It's your host, Martha and Ashley. Ashley, Ashley, (laughs) Ashley. What a time to be alive. Every week is, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how you felt this week, but I feel like we're this wave of um, exhaustion from the world is kind of hitting again for some reason, like pandemic and all the stuff that's happening in the news. It's just like it. I don't know. It's it's just been one of those weeks. So I'm glad I have the opportunity to talk with you today. Me too. And I'm very excited to talk to our guest today. I think oh it's going to be amazing. Yeah. What else could we ask for this week than to interview um, a maternal mental health specialist, a therapist um, who works specifically with NICU mamas and high-risk pregnancy mamas and antepartum clients to really breakthrough anxiety. And that'll come back later, that joke. Um, You'll laugh later. (laughs) Um, We have as our guest today, um, Anise Barnett, who you'll see on social media as the Breakthrough Mama. Um, And she's all those things I just described. She's she's incredible. Um, She's Mm -hmm. such a great resource. We encourage you to follow her ASAP right this minute. Uh, Mm -hmm. Welcome, Anise. We're so glad you're here. Thanks, guys, for having me. I'm so excited to be here and I'm really honored because I have been following you guys in the last year and you know although I'm a professional in this space Mm -hmm. I'm a NICU mom and it has felt good to find a slice of the internet that was made for us Mm -hmm. that's so kind and I mean that's really that's such a compliment coming from you because like you said you're professional yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally, you're, I'm sorry, I didn't mention earlier, but yes, you are a NICU mom yourself. Um, and 
maybe could you just give us a little bit a touch about your journey in the NICU? Yeah. So now my son, he's two years old and <laughs> my journey was basically, I call it the journey to the NICU. So um, most of my pregnancy was high risk and um, I was on bed rest at home the majority of my pregnancy. And then in the last two weeks of being pregnant, I was on hospital bed rest and mm-hmm. I experienced PPROM at 31 weeks. And then I delivered my son at 33 weeks and he mm-hmm. was also IUGR. So he was quite a bit smaller than most 33 weekers. And, you know, even at two years old, he's just so much smaller than, um, all the other kids. And I definitely find myself going a bit back and forth, you know, certain days remembering that he's healthy right now. It's okay. And it's okay that he's smaller and it's okay that he started out smaller. Um, So when we were in the NICU, we were there for five weeks and our stay included most of the normal preemie stuff like jaundice and growing and feeding. Um, But he did spend quite a bit of time on the ventilator um, and did have a blood transfusion. So, um, you know, we delivered at a really great hospital in Washington, D.C. And I specifically went there. I think I transferred to this hospital. Oh, my gosh. Maybe I had four weeks left before I had P-Prom. And so they just gave phenomenal prenatal care, but I really felt like they had dropped the ball when it came to my mental health yeah. when I was on bed rest. And especially as a NICU mom, there was like no parent care. Like, I don't even want to say patient care. It was just like no parent care. Mm-hmm. And it was just really shocking for me. It made the experience really isolating, like even more yeah. isolating than it already is. Yeah. Um, and it just made it even harder. Um, but those are also like the same experiences that really inspired me to do what I'm doing now, the work I'm doing, but also the research that I'm doing. So that's my, that's pretty much my NICU journey. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so were you practicing in your field prior to your NICU journey or was that like what inspired you to totally dive in? Yeah, this, this was the, the moment of inspiration for me. I, I spent at least about five or six years working predominantly with young children and working with their moms. So really helping like moms, parents, and you know, connect with their children and doing all of that play-based therapy. Um, and then when I went through this, it really just rebirthed me, not just as a mom, but as a professional. And it really moved yeah. my work in a totally different direction. Wow. That's incredible. And we should also mention, Anise, you're getting your PhD right now? Yeah. You're totally <laughs> us. Yeah. So it. This experience really, it also rebirthed that desire in me. I I always wanted to go back, but I just knew like I had to wait until I, I like knew for sure what it was that I wanted to study, what kind of research I wanted to do. Um, so I just was recently accepted into George Washington University. Girl. Oh, yes. And Ooh. I'm going to be studying clinical psychology and I'm going to be in the mother and baby's lab. And this is going to be my wow. journey. Wow. Researching this, writing about this. So and I love it. 
Wow. That is incredible. I'm giving you all of the podcast virtual high fives and claps right now. <laughs> Thank you. I'm soaking it up. I am totally fangirling right now. Same. Yeah. Because, well, for a lot of reasons. Because if you, and then also like GW, like there, I've, I, when I was doing all of the research and stuff leading up to what Dear Nikki Mom would become, lots of the GW papers out of that clinic you're talking about are the things that are like the at the forefront of maternal mental health and and NICU parenting it's it's just super cool I can't believe that this you're famous oh my gosh thank you for speaking it into existence (laughs) (laughs) yes yes yes. girl like when you graduate and get your PhD can we be invited to like the virtual ceremony just to like hold up signs and be like we know her yeah, yeah like, because you know what? I am doing this for our community. Yeah. So yes. Let's, yes. Let's, let's, let's plan on that. Yes, yes. Let's do it. I think too, like the, it makes me so excited because I think, you know, like Parijat Deshpande is like one of the, you know, she has that yes. book, Pregnancy Brain, but there isn't a lot of other resources out there. So the, the more that we get actual women who've experienced NICU trauma in this field, like who are super duper smart and just incredibly passionate just is we're like rising tide right we're all yeah. going to be benefit yeah absolutely ah that's so incredible so you have this incredible practice we forgot to really say what the name of your practice is so tell us a little bit about how you came up with the name the breakthrough mama yeah so um you know i guess let's see let's think about myself when I needed therapy, um, after coming out of the NICU and I had this really triggering experience that it wasn't really like this really big thing. I was at a baby shower and I think my son was like a 10 or 11 months. Um, and we were on the heels of the first birthday and there was this family who had had another child who was a little bit younger than my son. And the dad, for some reason, kept saying, you know, we had our baby early. We had our baby early. And in this moment, I thought I had found my people. You know, I was like, Mm -hmm. wow, you too? Let's Mm -hmm. connect. And then they were like, yeah, we had our baby at like 39 and a half weeks. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. You know, I didn't want to diminish their experience, but I was just kind of like, well, that's not necessarily early, you know, just kind of give them a little background. And the guy just was really pushing about, pushy about it. He was like, no, we delivered early. My wife delivered early. And I really, I could feel the reaction in my body. I, I stopped myself from saying anything else, mm. but I felt it in my body. And then I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it. And when we left and we got in a car, I told my husband, I need to go to therapy. Mm. And, you know, therapy was great. Um, and I had a phenomenal therapist who really helped me get through some of that anxiety that I was having. But she didn't really understand what it meant to be a NICU mom. She didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the best things to ask me, the best ways to guide therapy so that I could process that. And I didn't want to not go to therapy. So I kind of started to feel like I need something in addition to therapy to really help me break through. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, you know, I, I used to always be a storyteller. I used to write so many stories and I want to express myself 
to kind of get that breakthrough. And so I went to Instagram and prior to this, like Instagram wasn't really something that I did a lot, but I, I felt like, you know, other people should know about this experience. And I have heard of the NICU before it happened to me, but I didn't know a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was going through that experience of really telling my story and opening up um, and being vulnerable, vulnerable, vulnerable about it, that was kind of like the breakthrough for me where I moved mm-hmm. from this place where I was easily triggered. I was having lots of flashbacks. Um, I was a bit on edge. And then as I went through therapy and as, as I went through opening up and sharing my story and, and bringing storytelling into my healing, that was a breakthrough for me. And I really wanted to share that with other women, you mm-hmm. know, using storytelling to break through, helping them find that thing that's going to help them go from go from point A and break through to point B. So that's how I got the name. Um, yeah. That is remarkable. I I have no words. I'm just in awe. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> you bring up such a, I mean, what you just described really highlights an experience I think a lot of moms have, which is they go and maybe they're seeing a therapist even before, right? They're, they're, NICU trauma or their high-risk pregnancy trauma. And then they get out and they, there are so many things that aren't, there's just not any context for. And I think that's where people like you come in, right? You're, you're certified in PMADS. You know, you are, you know, if you go to Postpartum Support International, which is a resource we suggest all the time, you know, you're someone that uh, clients can find because you specifically work on this type of thing. Um, and I'm just wondering how you see um, how how getting the PMAD certification changed your perspective and and how the research changed how you work with clients too. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think you know I'll definitely say some part of it is intuitive, right? You sure go through the experience, and it's really important to bring your experience to the table. It allows um, women who've been who are in those shoes now to connect with you. It makes it so that they don't have to necessarily re-explain everything. However, the training and the research really helps you understand, you know, how to number one, not make your helping profession about you when you mm. skip session, right? Um, and the second thing it does is it, it literally gives you research, right? Like what you don't have to reinvent the wheel when you get into this. There has been some research. It's not enough, but there is some that's out there that can really help guide myself and other professionals in how to do this work effectively. Mm-hmm. And third, um, just being able to spot those things, right? So there are some things in our society that we think are just, you know, they're just normal. It's normal to be sleep deprived and it's normal to be triggered when baby is crying. It's, you know, it's normal to have all these experiences. But I want to say just because something is common doesn't mean that it's okay to experience that, right? Oh, um, yeah. Um, you know, so having that that, that knowledge and, and that training really helped me to understand when I'm working with a mom, what are those things that I need to be looking for so that I know if she needs to be diagnosed with, you know, with a perinatal mood and anxiety disorder, and then how to help her get through that. 
um, normalize that, but let her know she doesn't have to stay in that. Just because everybody's telling you this is just a part of it. No, we can find a way. There are ways to get through this without completely and totally suffering and totally losing yourself and Mm -hmm. totally getting, you know, sunken into deep depression or even psychosis. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if there's any professionals out there that are listening and you want to do this work, I implore you to definitely seek out Postpartum Support International or even 2020 Moms and get this training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I mean, that really – you just really blew my mind there when you were saying that, like, just because it's normal doesn't mean that you have to endure it in pain. I mm-hmm. I just completely – it reminds me of conversations that – I'm sure we all had, especially with like our moms or grandmas or aunties or whatever from older generations who are just like, yeah, I went through it, but I just didn't tell anybody about it. And I suffered in peace. And like, maybe I spent a week in a hospital, right? I feel like I, it's, it's just, it was normalized in such a way that we're just now finding out how to break through. See what I did there, Anise? I did. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll stop making the puns now. <laughs> Well, and it's so it's so empowering to hear somebody who's done the work of understanding perinatal mood and anxiety disorders tell you that there's hope. Because in the midst yeah. of that trauma, you feel like you'll never get out, you know? And like Martha right. said, when it's so normalized, when so many people say, "Oh yeah, I went through that and it just was what it was and I got through it." And you know, it's like there's no hope in that. But when when I hear you say just because it's common doesn't mean you have to suffer, that gives me yeah. like incredible hope that like, wow, I can and I will get through this. And so to the mom was listening to this, Anise just said it, mama, like you do not have to suffer. This does not have to be your normal. You can and you will get through this. Yes. Yes. That's good. So I wonder if we could kind of piggyback off of this and maybe just talk a little bit about, you know, what are some ways in your practice that you have seen trauma reveal itself in the body, whether that's a trigger or just a strong emotion and you know, how can we listen to what our bodies are telling us? Yeah, that's a phenomenal question. I love how you said, how can we listen to our bodies? Um, And I'll kind of just give a little bit about, you know, what I see a lot when I'm working with moms. And a lot of moms come into therapy at first just saying that they feel so disconnected from their bodies. And there are, they are experiencing some pains. There, there's some numbness. There are these things happening to their bodies, but overall they feel disconnected and they don't really know what else to say to that, how else, else to speak to it, but they just know they don't really feel like themselves. Um, and that can be, um, that can be you listening to your body too, right? When you start to realize maybe I don't really feel like this body is totally mine Maybe I feel disconnected from my body. Maybe I'm not really sure about what it is I'm feeling in my body. That can be a trigger to let you know you need some extra help. Um, But what I also see is the common things, right? Moms might experience racing hearts, um, you know, shooting pains in their backs and their necks, numbness, um, and even like queasiness in their stomachs, right? That may be letting them know that 
there's some anxiety that they're that they're experiencing at this moment that they're not aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of these things can also be linked to chronic health conditions. And you previously mentioned Parjat Despande, and she really talks a lot about that the chronic health conditions and how the stress reactions that we have in our bodies they can often contribute to a lot of different um, chronic health conditions. And so that lets us know that this is really important. It's really, really important to pay attention to our bodies. But often sometimes I have moms coming in who it's been three years since the NICU. Mm-hmm. And now they're realizing like, I've been sick or mm-hmm. I've had pains in my body for years that I never had until I went to the NICU or, or before I gave birth. And mm-hmm. If we trace those pains backwards and we trace those health conditions backwards, we can realize that, oh, wow, they point back to that moment, to that specific trauma. Um, And so that's one way that we can listen to our body. And of course, we know, like we've been hearing this for the last five to 10 years um, in popular culture, right? That trauma lives in the body Mm -hmm. and that's so real. and I think a, a part of what I do when I'm I'm helping moms is helping them get get back to the place where they can feel connected to their body, because that's when you can listen. If you feel disconnected, it's hard to know where the pains are coming from. And then you can't trace back why and where, where did this start? So that's one of the first things we start trying to do. Wow. wow. I just think. Uh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we, we have professionals like you because the nuance of this work is just like, I, it's so overwhelming to me. And I, I'm sure Ashley, you feel the same way too, but I'm hearing you say things and like, literally like all we do is talk about Nikki trauma all day long. Right. Yeah. But like, still, I'm, I'm hearing things you're saying. And I'm like, Oh my God. I think that was trauma. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, oh, did I have a he- do I have a headache for three days every? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just it's just wild to think about because you when it's your body, like you say, you get so disconnected, you're just so unaware. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm just really blown away by that. And again, so grateful for pr- professionals like you who have bring out like this nuance of it too. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. I I appreciate hearing that. And, you know, even just what you said, like, you know, trying to think back, like, is this headache that I'm having, right. is this related, you know, when I am working with my moms and we're doing, you know, this heavy work at the end of our sessions, we are always checking in with our bodies. We do, I do not let a mama leave and, and sign off virtually from me without doing that. Mm-hmm. And, I've had moms, you know, after, after we've done a heavy, a heavy session, say, Anise, I suddenly I have this pain in my neck, or I just had a headache pop up that I didn't even have before. Mm-hmm. And wow. then we do a grounding exercise and we do like a progressive muscle relaxation. And, and, and three minutes later, they're like, oh, I don't feel that anymore. Wow. Wow. I think I bought this, I, you know, what meeting with someone like you does, right? Like meeting with a maternal mental health specialist gives you so many more tools than you would have had before. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, And so many more resources, things you would never know about or think to do with your body. Cause you're just like trying to get through the day most of the time. Right. Mm, Right. Yeah. Well, and I feel like as a mom and especially as NICU moms, 
we, your relationship with your body changes so drastically after it's gone through the trauma that you experience. And I get scared thinking about like becoming aware of my body alone. Like that freaks me out. Yes, <laughs> me too. But, me too. you know, becoming aware of my body and listening to my body in the safety of somebody who can guide me through like, okay, I'm feeling really tense or I'm feeling this in my neck. What is, you know, just being able to do that with somebody who is willing to walk you through that sounds really healing versus like me alone at home in a dark room. So <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I <laughs> so I guess this is maybe a loaded question, but what, what does it feel like to feel safe in the body and what does it feel like to not feel safe in the body? Like maybe that's an obvious question, but like for some of us, it might've been years since we've totally felt safe in our body. And so when do you know that like, you know what, something isn't quite right? Yeah, definitely a loaded question for sure. Um, And I think it is a little bit hard to describe just because what is safety in the body is so subjective. But a question that I would or rather what I would encourage a mom to ask themselves is I want you to kind of think about a time that felt really good, a time that felt really safe. And I want you to think about what did your body feel like at that time in your life and then compare it against now. Do you still have that? Is it hard to get that safe feeling back, that good feeling back in your body? And if it is, then yeah, you may be living in a in a body that doesn't feel safe, right? Or in a mindset that doesn't feel safe for you um, at this time for a number of reasons. But I think, you know, when you ask this question, one of the words that kind of came to my mind was trust. Um, and I say that just particularly as a NICU mom, because overall experiencing trauma impacts your ability to trust, you know, what's safe in the world. But as a NICU mom, there is this question about safety in your body. Mm. You know, was my body safe enough for my child, right? I've had so many moms bring that question to the table, bring this guilt and the shame to the table saying, I have felt like I failed because my body didn't keep my baby safe long enough or didn't develop my baby in the healthiest way. And mm-hmm. as a result, you begin to lose some trust in your body. If you can't trust your body, then it doesn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that those are just some of the questions and some of the things that maybe a mom can ask herself or t- consider um, to help you kind of realize, you know, how it are you feeling safe in your body? Um, even giving you a benchmark for what can it what can it be like to feel safe again, so that as you do the work, you can start to know when you get closer. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think you know. I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, it totally does. I love the word trust because yeah, it, it can feel like you and your body are not on the same side, and. Um, but I love that establishing trust with your body again. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I like the way that you summarized that. Thank you. So Anise, I wonder if we could talk a little bit about um, 
narrative exposure therapy and your specialization in it. I think, you know, mamas may have heard of cognitive behavioral therapy and maybe even EMDR. I can never, is that, did I say the acronym yeah. right? Guys? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. Because I always think it's EDMR, which is electronic dance music. And that is not <laughs> what it is. I get that myself all the time. That also might be pretty therapeutic too. That's true. <laughs> yes, like, the beats might resonate with your brain frequency or something. Um, <laughs> or heart palpitations. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> But I, I had never heard of narrative exposure therapy. Could you share with us a bit of what that is? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people haven't heard of it. Um, but it's really a modality of therapy that you use with trauma, but especially with complex trauma. Complex traumas are, they're typically traumas that either start at a early age and continue on for a long time, or just simply traumas that kind of continue to occur over and over again, like someone who's witnessing war day in and day out, or like a mom walking in and out of the NICU daily mm -hmm. and re-experiencing that unnatural separation of newborn and mom repeatedly, or coming in and out on a regular basis and seeing your infant in what might feel like a traumatic state, right? And not knowing if your child is going to survive or not seeing those things over and over again is what, you know, in my perspective, in my professional perspective, makes it a complex trauma. Um, and so that's why one of the reasons that I like using narrative exposure therapy for that reason, but also because, you know, I, like I said earlier, I found that sense of healing and that breakthrough for me through storytelling and what NET, which is what we call it for short, it really encompasses storytelling. It requires you to give an autobiographical account of your trauma, um, but it does it in a way that really helps your mind to process the trauma and brings new context and new content to your story, um, mm -hmm. especially sensory and perceptual um, pieces to the story, like the smells and the sounds and the sights, because, you know, we know, like, when we're talking about post-traumatic stress disorder, right, you'll hear people talk about triggers, right? If you heard this sound, if you smelled that again, it will often bring people back to that moment of that, that initial trauma. And so, in narrative exposure therapy, we're really, as a therapist, we're really trying to guide you back in those places and um, create more context to the story and mm -hmm. allow you to get grounded, right, when you reach those moments of the story that really might otherwise take your mind, but also your body way back to that place that you're not anymore. Um, and so, I'm, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of what NET does. Um, and one thing that I really find important to do is really helping moms not just get grounded, but really focusing like you are in this moment right now. You know, you are telling me the story about the past and the past is pain and that pain is hurtful but that's not where we are right now. We're here. Mm -hmm. So I'm continually really guiding them and whatever tools I've taught them, you know, in our initial sessions, we're calling on those, you know, 
making sure your feet are touching that ground so that you know where you are, you know, mm-hmm. different sort of exercises that I teach to really, really help them um, help that mind and that body. Remember, when you tell this story, you don't have to go back there. You can tell that story and know that you're here and safe. Mm-hmm. Wow. And what, what do you see, you know, when you're walking through this with a mom and, you know, from the very first session where you start walking through this to maybe closer to the end where you, um, you've worked through a lot of it, what do you, what are the differences that mamas experience from day one to day X, whatever that day is that they, <laughs> that they graduate maybe? Yeah. So I, you know, I won't give any details about the person, but I will think about a particular client that I'm working with right now. And we are really coming towards the end of her process. And we realized that in our last session because of the changes that are happening. So I think first and foremost, you know, going back to that part where I say moms come in and they say, I'm feeling disconnected from my body. That was one of the first earlier parts of change, right? She started to get very connected to her body. And when we were in session, she was able to say, Anise, I am feeling pain in this part of my body. That Mm -hmm. tells us, wow, she is starting to get connected to herself again. She's listening to her body again. Um, And so if she can listen to her body, then she'll know when and how to recall on the strategies she needs to keep her safe and to keep her grounded and to keep her healthy. Um, recently, you know, she took me, you know, into a a specific moment that happened that with her her daughter that would have otherwise triggered her and caused her to kind of just start crying, right? Uncontrollably crying and caused her to think about her her daughter's birth and every time she thought about her birth she could only think about the NICU experience and she could only think about the trauma that was associated with the birth and she suddenly found herself finding joy mm-hmm. she's like you know Anise like it's what you said like I know that that hurt I know what I went through is valid but I was just looking at her smiling and I started to smile. Mm. And for one of the first times I thought about her coming into this world and I felt happy about it. Wow. And I and I thought and I reflected to her and I said, you know, that's the new story that you're sharing with your daughter about how her life started. Wow. And, you know, I thought about myself in that too. And I and I said, you know, when before I did my work. I remember even before my son was born, I was in the hospital on bed rest and I was thinking, you know, I'm going to be one of those moms that tells my son how hard it was to bring him into this world. And I'll tell him about the NICU. I'll tell him about this pregnancy. And whenever he's 16 and he starts to back talk mommy, I'm going <laughs> to appreciate his mama because I did this and I went through that. <laughs> But I said, you know what? My perspective changed when I did this work. Wow. That's not important for me to share with my son. It's not even a second thought for me to share with my son my all that that pain. When I talk to him, even as a two-year-old, I'm saying, yeah, that was you in those pictures. That was you in that incubator. And it was hard for mommy, but mommy was happy to touch your hand. Wow. Mommy was happy to see you grow. Um, and... 
it's so crazy. All these different stories connected. But I had a friend who shared with me recently and said, you know, as you do this work, Anise, and I'm so proud of you, it made me think about my mom. And they didn't have a NICU experience, but her mom had an incredibly difficult pregnancy. And she said, I'm 30 years old. And for 30 years, my mom has gone out of her way to share how painful it was to bring me into this world. And that's really like what takes over the birthday call every year. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm so proud of you for doing this work so that you don't do that to your son. And I'm proud of the work that wow. you do with moms because they're not going to bring that to their sons and their daughters for the next 30 years and 50 years. And that was a moment. I'm like, you know, we, we're doing this. We are doing mm-hmm. this. We're healing. And look, look at the new story. Look wow. at it. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. I am in tears over here right now. <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> I I think too it's um I the way you describe it too and the way you describe what you're what you're really passing on and giving to your son too. I think about like you said, this whole generation of moms, Nikki moms, high-risk pregnancy moms, all, all different types of moms really, who are pursuing this work for themselves. And what it means is that their kids get to witness models of resiliency on a whole other level. They may see what's hard, but then they see the fruits of that labor. And like you say, the joy too. I am... Wow. I can't wait to get your book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just speaking so much into existence for me. I, I'm, just, I'm feeling good, but I, I really wanted to give snaps to what you just said. That was, that was beautiful. And it really, you know, like it made me think about generational trauma and generational yeah. healing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we do this work so that we don't have to pass on to our children. Yeah pain that we're carrying in our in our bodies and in our minds about how you know we love them but it was hard to go through these things but it doesn't have to define the relationships that we have with them it doesn't yeah. have to define how they look at parenthood and and how they look at their right. birth stories and yeah yeah know. absolutely I feel like in a lot of ways this is like this is revolutionary like this thought of because I love that you're not saying like, we're changing the story because we're not going to admit that it was hard. We're going to, you know, toxic positivity, right? We're going to just, mm-hmm. we're going to make it better. And, you know, we're going to stuff the trauma. But this process of, you know, telling your story, working with a trusted therapist as yourself to work through those triggers and then to associate beauty and associate healing to those moments, which then you know, you're not stuffing, you're, you're working through that healing. I just like, this is just, it's so powerful to me. I am just like, my mind is completely blown and I'm just so grateful that you're doing this work and that you have the, the platform and the work that you do because it's revolutionary. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm going to call up George Washington and be like, and this is coming. Everybody sit up and sit down and shut up. He's got Seriously. stuff to say. Shut up. Anissa's is talking. Oh, it's so powerful. And I guess for maybe listeners that are newer to therapy and maybe newer to this idea of trauma healing and trauma, you know, what does it mean to be grounded? You know, we've heard that term a few times throughout the episode. So what does it mean to be grounded? 
Yeah, that's a good question because it's definitely becoming a hot button word on social media as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, with good reason, and especially during, you know, the pandemic, I've definitely seen a lot of people talking about it. But, you know, grounding is, is, is exactly what it sounds like, right? It's bringing you back to the ground, bringing you back into the present moment. And as we've been talking about, you know, when you're triggered, right, with trauma, it can take you back to that very place um, that you were when you were first traumatized. And what we want to do is bring you back to the present moment, bring you back to safety so that we can slow down all of those trauma responses in your in your mind, but also in your body. So that's what grounding does. It's all about the present moment. It's all about slowing down that mind and that body. Would it be possible, Anise, to have you maybe offer a grounding exercise that a mom could do when she's feeling particularly triggered or anxious, whether that's an exercise that she could do in the NICU or even out of the NICU, would you be willing to share what some, what a grounding exercise could be? Yeah, I will. Um, This is one that I do at the end of a lot of my sessions and it's just a progressive muscle relaxation activity. Um, and it just, you know, you just make sure that you're in a really comfortable position. Maybe you're laying down. Um, maybe you're sitting up in a chair, but have your back, you know, up straight. Um, if you're a NICU mom, you can do this anywhere. But if you're high risk and you're pregnant, you can definitely, you know, place your hands like cupped around your your belly, maybe one hand at the top of your belly as well. Um, and you know, you're just going to start with taking deep breaths. And if you're pregnant, you're going to take the breaths that feel good for you. Okay. You're not going <laughs> to, you know, you're not going to go too long, you know, so that you don't feel good. But if you are not pregnant and you're healthy, you know, I always think inhaling for five seconds is a um, good place to go. You're going to hold your breath for three to five seconds, and then you exhale for five seconds. And as you do that, you isolate a few different parts of your body um, so that you can really bring some tension to it and release it. And that often really helps with um, relaxing and bringing you back to the moment. So um, if I were to guide somebody through this, it might sound like um, on the count of three, we're going to, you know, inhale for five seconds and I'll say inhale one, two, three, four, five, hold your breath. One, two, three, exhale, two, three, four, five. And this time as you inhale, I want you to take your shoulders and I want you to scrunch them up to your ears as high as you can. As you inhale, one, two, three, four, five. Hold that breath and hold that tension in your shoulders up to your ears. And as you exhale this time, you're going to slowly release your shoulders and just let them relax and release. The next time that we do this, you might scrunch up your eyebrows. Um, you might um, curl up your toes or you might ball your your hands into a fist. But each time that you do that, you're going to bring the tension as you inhale and hold and then when you release and exhale, that's when you're going to release that tension. And that often really helps mommies um, to relax and, and ground. And I would say if I give you one more, one of my favorites is one that I mentioned earlier, keeping your feet to the ground. 
So I would say put your feet to the ground and remind yourself where you are, right? I'm safe right here. So a mom might say to me, I'm safe right here, right now. I'm with a niece in session and we're in a safe place. If you're in the NICU right now, right, and there are lots of sounds that don't feel safe, they they don't make you feel good, I still want you to remind yourself that you're in the best place that you can be, right? This is the safest place for your baby. So it might sound like right now, we are in a safe place. We are in the safest place that we can be. We are with the safest people that we can be with. We are okay in this moment, right? And that's important because just like you said earlier, we're, we're not trying to cancel out that this is hard, that scary things have happened or will happen, but we want to be in this present moment. And if you are safe right now, even if you're in the NICU and baby's in the incubator and you are watching the screens, you know, giving you all those updates about heart heartbeat and all of that right now baby is okay and 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 baby is with those people that are trained to take care of baby you guys are safe and you can keep your feet planted knowing that you're in a safe place right now so that's what i got for you i'm literally weeping over here <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh it's just so you have just like a presence about you too that is just yeah. safe. So I yeah. I am so happy for all of your clients. Like, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh, no, really. they're so like, blessed to have found you. Yeah, it makes my heart explode like in the And I love that these these grounding exercises aren't, you know, they're not extravagant. They're not like you know, ten steps to feeling grounded. You know, it's like <laughs> it's keep your feet grounded. It's reminding and finding that safety. And it's, it's just simple breathing. And because as you know, sometimes that's all you have the capacity for. And so I just love the simplicity and the meaning of those exercises. And I'm definitely going to implement those. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm, glad. I'm so glad to hear that. So I, I just think that your approach to to all this is so refreshing. And then, and like you said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of buzz in just social media and in culture about trauma and trauma healing lately. But I think your perspective is so refreshing to hear and it feels so new for us. Um, we, we love it so much. How could, you know, uh, other women, other mamas connect with you or if they're not, you know, in, um, uh, you know, in, in your area, could they find, could they find someone who is trained in NET? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm not aware of any directory that is specifically for NET. Um, And I did kind of do a little in-depth Google search. I didn't find anything, but I, but I want to say that having this knowledge that this exists, that's, that's your starting point, right? So if you find a therapist in your area, that's going to be a question that you ask. You know, I, I've heard about narrative exposure therapy and it sounds like something that I want to try. Is this something that you've done before? Do you feel like this is something that, that you could do with me? Um, 
And as you look for a therapist that feels right for you, um, there are so many different directories, right? There's Psychology Today that all of us have heard about. Right. Um, you guys have mentioned Postpartum Support International's directory. Um, and then there is also um, Therapy for Black Girls directory. Mm-hmm. They're all wonderful th- directories. And what you want to look for in a therapist is someone, first and foremost, that you feel like you can connect with, right? Because no matter how smart someone is, if you cannot feel connected, you're not going to feel like you can be vulnerable, and get to to the meat of the issue. The second thing is, yeah, you want to ask about trauma work, right? What is their experience with trauma? You know, I think it's awesome and amazing to find someone like myself who's 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 in the maternal mental health, but there may not be someone in your area who's doing that. So if you can't find that, just making sure that you find someone who has experience in trauma, but also who who's like willing to do some work, right? So mm-hmm. well, maybe you say, you know, like, listen, this is the trauma that I, I've been through the NICU and I want to come in and I, and I want to do this work, but I don't want to feel like I have to always stop and teach you yes. what things mean. Yes. Do you think you'd be willing to maybe consult with your colleagues or, you know, do the research so that when I'm with you, you know what's going on and you can just really help me with this emotional trauma work. Those questions are going to tell you a lot about the person you want to work with. And to be honest with you, that may be more valuable than anything, right? That's going to yeah. really help you tell you about the person that can partner with you. Wow. It's really hard work. I hope everyone wrote that down. Go back yes. 15, hit that 15 <laughs> second back button, write it all down because it's important. You don't, I wish I had known that I need to like the first person I saw, I think made everything a lot worse <laughs> because mm-hmm. I didn't even think that it was my right to ask questions about them, you know, mm. and up here in the, in the Midwest, we just think, oh, okay, well they, they know best. So I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> right. So, but I, I think just all mamas everywhere feel that way, you know, so that is so empowering your suggestions there. Right. Well, and it gives, it gives power back to the mom, you know, it gives power back to the mom. It gives her some sense of control and really direction in the care that she receives. Not that you should have to advocate for that, right? Like that's, I guess the first, (laughs) the first gap we have in maternal mental health. Um, But it really gives you tools to be able to advocate for the care that you deserve, which is care that is willing to do the work, like you said. So I love that it's empowering moms to find a provider that's willing to do that work with her. I think that's really, really empowering. Absolutely. And you know what? That's what therapy is supposed to be. It's a partnership, you know? Um, And so any partnership that you enter into, you have the right to ask Mm -hmm. questions. You have the right to know what you're walking into. And you have the right to know what the other person is bringing to the table as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. This has been incredible. Um, Anise, how can the mamas listening connect with you and learn more about your work? Yeah. So I am on Instagram as the underscore breakthrough mama. And on my page, I try to share um, different information to really connect with and also help NICU moms and moms who are experiencing a high-risk pregnancy, um, 
And so right now you might not find a ton of things on my on my page because I've been so busy in this season <laughs> of applying to grad school and getting into grad school. <laughs> but, but I am making a comeback soon. So so yes, if you join me on my Instagram page, you will soon start to see a lot more of me sharing more about this type of information. Um, and just really, you know, trying to partner with you and offer you a little bit about a little bit of like what you're needing, um, in my little slice of the internet. So, (laughs) and if you want to connect directly with me, you can always email me at, um, info at the breakthrough mama.com. And listen, I'm open. If you're a NICU mom and you just, you heard something in this conversation that really resonated with you and you you have questions about how to find a person to help you. I'm more than happy to to help you find that person or to answer a question. Yeah. Amazing. You're such a gift to the world, Denise. I really do think, like Martha said earlier, your perspective and just your the fact that you've walked through the NICU yourself alongside the the specialties in which you found yourself is really just it's a gift to the world. So Thank you so much for for putting in the work to serve moms and NICU moms so well. It's truly just thank you. Thank you. You know, my love language is words of affirmation. (laughs) And ladies are doing wonderful. (laughs) I'm filling up my tank this evening. (laughs) Well, we mean every word of it. We really do. (laughs) So beautiful. Well, mamas, uh, if you are listening with us right now, we just want a quick pause and we want to just remind you that you are worth, you are worth the investment and the time that it takes to heal. And we just want to, uh, remind you that there's hope that even though it may be common to experience these triggers or these moments of extreme overwhelm, that that does not have to be your forever reality. And there is hope for you. And so we hope that this episode offered you some perspective and insight into to what a healing journey can look like for you. And that is a healing journey full of a lot of grace, um, a gentleness, but a lot of empowerment. And your story contains and holds so much beauty. And it's a story that you should be so proud to share. So Anise, thank you so much for your time. Um, I'll say it again. My mind is completely blown right now. And we will be at your graduation with signs rooting your name as you get your diploma. Um, So thank you so much for your wisdom and for the work that you do to serve moms. And um, mamas, thank you again for being here with us. It's always an honor to share this space with you. And we will catch you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Dear Nikki Mama podcast. If you loved this episode, we'd be so grateful for a review on any of the podcast platforms. And we'd love to continue connecting with you via our social media pages or a private Facebook group. And ultimately, Nikki Mama, welcome to the sisterhood.